When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to your book, the podcast for literary nosy parkers. I'm your book inspector, Daisy Buchanan. If you're new to the podcast, I would love to tell you about my debut novel, Insatiable, a love story for greedy girls. It's the story of Violet and what happens when she rebounds from a breakup by throwing herself willingly into a wild, sexually experimental world with both of her new bosses-to-be. It's a romantic comedy with jokes, hopes and orgies. There's a special signed edition available for your book listeners to pre-order from Waterstones. There's a link in the show notes. Huge thanks to everyone who has already pre-ordered. It's the very best way to support the podcast, and I love you for it. Now for some festive poetry. Christmas tree is up. The cat eyes it gleefully. Christmas tree is down. If you're looking for last-minute Christmas gifts, you probably want to hear about Painfully British Haikus by Dale Shaw, a.k.a. our very own producer, Dale. This is the book that will get you through the awkward family Zooms. It's extremely funny, relatable and very accessible during a difficult Christmas period. I love it. Dolly Alderton and Nina Stubby love it and you'll love it too. Now, our guest this week is your friend, my friend and friend of the podcast, Sarah Manning. Sarah is the author of many books for young adults and adulty adults. Her rescue dog love story, Rescue Me, is coming in January 2021. It's uplifting, funny and gorgeous. Show future you some love and pre-order it now. Sarah is also the literary editor of Red Magazine and Twitter's resident book concierge. In this Christmassy edition of Your Booked, she has a book gift idea for everyone in your life, including you. Hooray! Let us talk books. So I've got, I've got like the main present books. I feel like non-fiction is a really good way to go when buying Christmas books for people because I think fiction is such a kind of personal thing and I don't like it when people get me fiction because my, ta- my taste for reading for pleasure rather than for work... <laughs> probably sort of quite narrow but they're quite particular so I always think non-fiction is quite good I'm just going to kick off with an absolute crowd pleaser which is David Sedaris's The Best of Me nice and it's just it's basically a best of David Sedaris so I think it's a great introduction to anybody who's never read his stuff before so um he's just um an American 
writer, commentator, um, flanner, and he is just, I think, one of the funniest living writers. He's Amy Sedaris's brother, and he just comes from this kind of mad family of like Greek Americans, all just kind of quite forthright with their opinions, quite eccentric. He's just so funny. So one of one of my favourite ones that I still think about, um, it's the title of one of his other books, is Me Talk Pretty One Day. I think they go to live in France, him and his um partner and he he's in this 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 language school to learn the language and so it's all these people from different countries and the only thing they have in common is is learning this language but then everything they don't have in common is in other languages and there's just things that don't translate sort of like our kind of secular vision of easter and then there's another one i'm not quite sure if it's in here it's hysterical it's about his fitbit and the tyranny of his fitbit and how in the end he was just like walking sort of like 20 sort of hours a day so if anybody's ever had a fitbit and has just been like oh my god oh my god i've got to do 10,000 steps oh my god oh my god actually i've got to do 15,000 steps so he just so although he's kind of got an eccentric and extraordinary life he's also really good about sort of writing about the frailties and weaknesses that we all have but it's just so funny so i just think that would make a great present really it's a real crowd pleaser and i think that you know relatability is something that it's an idea that we overuse isn't it and i sort of resent the idea that things must be relatable for us to enjoy them but he is he takes something that is so specific to his life but he doesn't make it universal has that got the santa land diaries in because i feel like at christmas time we cannot talk about david's diaries and not talk about the santa land diaries and i believe that's what made him famous his account of working is he at macy's as a holiday elf oh, yeah, I remember that one do you know what i don't think it is in here actually he has got christmas means giving but yes the santa land diaries i think that relatability but it's like his ordinary is extraordinary mm. so you know his ordinary isn't quite like anybody else's ordinary but he's just so good at you know just honing in on the absurdities of kind of everyday life just he's just you know that I hate to sort of say it because it sounds like a cliche, but he's like a real lull writer, you know, that you just can't help but, but chuckle wryly while you're reading his Oh, it's his the, with him, it's the rhythm of it as well, I think, as much as the ideas, that I think funny yes. writing is something. And I think that's such a great book to suggest because funny is so subjective but he really does write in a way where you can hear the musicality of it and it gets in your head and it's not just a really funny idea or an image but an expression that just carries you I love it so my second book I mean this was out a couple of years ago but I feel like it's a hand a hardy perennial so anybody who's coming off the back of watching the crown it's um ma'am darling um which is it's a biography of Princess Margaret, but he does it in a very clever way. So it's almost like an oral history, but it, the subtitle is 99 Glimpses of Princess Margaret. So it's like 99 vignettes of her life, maybe sort of told by other people. Sometimes, occasionally, he kind of veers into this kind of fantasy of an alternate universe, Princess Margaret. But it's just, it's just full of really good quality 
stories and especially there's a bit in it about um, a man who can rest at least half a pint of lager on his todger <laughs> you know, it's worth the price of admission for that alone oh because um, my favorite bit about that part is i believe such was the fixation um, of the media with that at the time that various different newspapers had different accounts of exactly what this man could balance on his appendage and Craig Brown has collated them all like some said it was just a, a schooner of sherry that's why yeah. I kind of went somewhere in the middle and did the half <laughs> pint the average I actually think it was like Median. three pint glasses full of bitter but you know <laughs> and I just sort of think that sometimes royal biographies of which I've actually read quite a few I mean I'm not exactly a royalist, but I'm kind of fascinated by them. I think either they're like really obsequious, like Hugh, Hugo Vickers' um, biography of the Queen Mother, which is just, you know, really just so kind of fetlocked hugging. Um, <laughs> but does does include this great bit where he's recounting somebody who says to him that he he's in Howard's food hall and he looks up and he sees... The queen mother there and he just said that she's got like the coldest eyes that he's ever seen so you know everybody thinks oh she's so lovely in her fluffy pink hats <laughs> and she's such a love she's a nation's grandma but you know she was like still wrapped in marshmallow um or there's kind of you know the princess diana biography by tina brown which has just been reissued for the 20th anniversary and that's very sort of firmly on sort of princess diana's side you know and it this is a really sort of clever thing because it almost just reads like fiction mm. the way that he's done it with these 99 vignettes it just sort of allows kind of a complete sort of 360 degree sort of picture of princess margaret to emerge and she and also what's really good about it is she's one of those people that is just fascinating to read about but she's just so appalling and so horrible and so rude that you would actually never want to meet her in real life you almost like you know they kind of underplayed her on on mm. the crown and it's amazing isn't it because I've loved that book so much and I think the genius trick that Craig Brown plays is he does make her seem really vulnerable and he does amazingly you do sort of empathize with her and you do feel sorry for her at times and just when you're thinking like bloody hell what a cow he sort of you know pulls out and swivels and it's really I think sophisticated and unusual and he can do that while he's sort of eviscerating her but yeah again it's hard... that kind of darling monster kind of thing yeah. isn't it I would also just say that Craig Brown this year has brought out um, a book on the Beatles, which follows kind of the same methodology. Yes. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, that those kind of vignettes that tell a story. So I think between Princess Margaret and the Beatles, mm. you've kind of got a lot of bases covered, really, on sort of the Christmas buying front. I loved Mum Darling more. I really enjoyed the Beatles. I found it tricky because I think Craig Brown is such a Beatles fan in a way that no one can be a fan of Princess Margaret, that he's, it's not got yeah. that objective waspishness. But I do think that the, the Beatles one is a really interesting glimpse at kind of pop culture and sort of, you know, mid to late 20th century. Well, the next book, well, the next two I haven't got but I would actually like them. So the first one is um, Andre Leon Talley's biography, Chiffon for Trenches. Oh, I long for that. Um, yes. So long-time viewers of America's Next Top Model might sort of recognise him from a few cameos. But he 
he's had a career in like fashion that's just spanned about 50 years and his most sort of recent and most prestigious gig was sort of um Anna Wintour's as Anna Wintour's sort of right hand man at US Vogue and they had a bitter bitter falling out which he, he goes into in great detail in the book which is just delicious I mean it's everything that you want in um particularly like a fashion memoir it's just bitchy and indiscreet and sort of just you know so many sort of names that you're sort of scooping them up as you read so um yeah I just it's that's just it's just a really sort of good fun book um maybe sort of more for sort of you know something that's really into fashion than just sort of a, a casual fashion mm. dilettante but I I would be quite happy to sort of find that waiting for me on Christmas morning. Because I've read scraps of it as well. And my understanding is that the way, because obviously he's he's representing people who are sort of othered by fashion or not included. And I'm really intrigued by the way he sort of, I think, makes allowances for an industry that has not been good to him at all. And I think it's a really chilling but smart way of exploring all those the way we sort of the lies and delusions and the way we tell we would mm. rather break ourselves to make ourselves fit than call out the thing we love for hurting us yes almost like but how can it be all these awful harmful things when I've sort of managed to sort of make my way through it but it's really I mean I read um a big excerpt that was in something like Vanity Fair you know and it's, it's all about sort of Anna Wintour and all the things that she did to him. And, you know, reading sort of between sort of the lines, you know, you can just sort of see that a lot of, some of it is kind of embellished and sort of, you know, hurt and kind of upset, doesn't always make for like the most reliable of narrations. But um, he's had like a really amazing career. I think he sort of worked with Yves Saint Laurent and stuff. Um, and it's just such a great title for a book, isn't it? The Chiffon it Trenches. Absolutely is. It really just sums up fashion. That it's just all sort of soft and pretty, but like it's it's like war behind the scenes. <laughs> I do love it whenever I see footage of him going into the Met Gala, like the posture of that man. My goodness. You know, he just if I could carry myself like a millionth as well as that, my mother would get off my back forever. I think that's what interests me as well that you know when you see him it is such a performance that he puts on that you know it's quite interesting to see what lays underneath that because you know obviously he's just created this kind of persona over years and years and years and years and then to be sort of you know portrayed by sort of Anna Wintour just all those kind of sort of layers and all those surfaces just kind of, you know, what's actually underneath is somebody, you know, sort of quite vulnerable breaking through. Mm. Oh, well, um, Santa, if you're listening, I would like that too. The other book that I haven't got, and I really want this so badly, is the Victoria Wood biography. Oh! Because we Victoria Wood before, you and I, and we both love her. And um, it's just, you know, all the reviews... I've sort of read and all the people I know who've read it, whose opinions I really trust, just say it's a really great book. So in lieu of sort of, you know, a Victoria Wood Christmas special, because we ain't going to get sort of any more of those, I just really sort of love to read about her life. I mean, I've sort of seen 
you know, lots of documentaries, but, you know, it's just to sort of be in that sort of world for sort of a while. So that, I think that's the, that's the book that I would really like. Anybody who knows me from real life, if you're listening, I would like that very much, please. Am I right in thinking that people like Julie Walters and Celia Imrie have sort of contributed to the audiobook and they're very much woven into that? Yes, it's, it's not a hatchet job. It's not anything nasty. I think it's, it's very much written sort of um, lovingly and sort of with full cooperation. I would say as well, I don't know how easy they are to get hold of. And I think, I know they're probably fairly widely available secondhand. I sound very um, Pam and Thingy, don't I, there? And if you go to your local secondhand shop, the books of scripts. And yes. if anyone is able to get themselves a copy of Mensana and Thingummy Doodah, it yes. is not yes. only heaven to read, but a masterclass in, in writing. I was going to say comedy Re- writing, but in yes, writing. Yes, so good. I mean, I had, I had them as a teenager and I just poured over them just they're just delightful and there's just all those kind of things that have just gone into my everyday language so I'm often find myself just sort of like referencing a pork and pickle buffet <laughs> <laughs> things like that so I just think that would you know that that would be a really sort of lovely present to to get really and then the last of sort of the big present books is Blitz Spirit, 1939 to 1945, um, which is written by Becky Brown, who's, um, along with Nora Perkins, is um, Curtis Brown Heritage, which is like, I always think the nicest job in publishing, where sort of basically they look after the dead authors. But um, Becky wrote this, and it's all kind of um, from the Mass Observation Archive. So I really sort of love reading about the home front um, because that's kind of my thing and I still yearn to sort of write more novels set in that period. I think this would be such a great present, almost kind of like a bit of a a mean gift for any relative that's just banging on about the Blitz spirit (laughs) quite a lot as regards COVID and as regards Brexit at the moment because, you know... even sort of the most kind of casual sort of historian will just know that the Blitz Blitz spirit, it didn't really exist. It was just manufactured and that actually there was kind of real dissent in the ranks all the way through the war. People were like furious about rationing. There was just so much petty crime and larceny going on. And it wasn't all, you know... Queen Mother smiling through the rabble, you know, now I can look yes, <laughs> in her lovely coat with her cold eyes. Um, if you sort of love that period, you're going to love this book. And if you've just got kind of a, a relative who sort of makes Genghis Khan seem like left of centre, this will just be really <laughs> kind of like a burn gift. <laughs> and it's got a lovely cover as well, kind of very, you know, that style of. Revilious kind of meets cubism. Mm. It's a lovely cover. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We'll be back to Zara soon, but now it's time for my steal of the week, Nigella Lawson's Nigella Christmas. I just pulled this off my shelf to check the recipe for her gingerbread stuffing. As far as I'm concerned, there is no food that wouldn't be improved by an infusion of Jamaica ginger cake. And I was struck anew by what an utter pleasure it is to read. In the past, the fun of this book has been ever so slightly marred by me panicking about roasting times and just trying not to get too much mashed potato on it. But this is a simply delicious book, blurring the boundaries of art and science with prose and poetry creeping in. Nigella Christmas by Nigella Lawson is published by Random House. Now back to Zara. I think it was after the last time we spoke near the beginning of lockdown one and books that everyone I know has been telling me to read for years and we're like yes 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 I'll get to them and it was you who made me think sod it I'm ordering them all and I'm so glad I ordered all of them I read the Caslet Chronicles back to back and I can't it's awful it's a bit like the Edwards and Auburn books where I don't really know like what's called what the names are of the different novels, but... I... They've got those kind of weird... I mean, I have to sort of, you know, go and, and check because the, the names of the books are all kind of like marking time mm. and the light years and casting off. They're just kind of those really sort of like um, generic titles. They are, and so even uh, the, the collection I bought, because they're all sort of the same fairly cheap paperbacks. They're all kind of very like whimsical sort of, you know, a little, not quite watercolours, but like a vague flower, you know, <laughs> inoffensive, but they do not hint at the brilliance between the covers. But, oh, I'm so glad that I bought them all. And I kept trying to ration my, oh, ration myself. Um, and I'm like, I'll, I'll read one and then I'll read something else. And I couldn't do it. I had to be in in that world. And I did find it really really comforting for all the reasons you said because there was just you know the what it was 
bleak and heartbreaking and terrible and miserable, but it's also just so boring. So, and the writing isn't boring at all, but she writes so beautifully about how how dull it was and all the stupid things people did because they were so bored. Because also one of the best Christmases I ever had was when I did my sort of Cadillac Chronicle read for the first time. Well, I just read all... She had the fifth one hadn't come out, so it was just the four books. I just read them all, like one Christmas all the way up to New Year, and it was just perfect. Which actually like segues really nicely into my little my next little subcategory, which I've called self gifting. Because I just sort of feel that over Christmas you just deserve a couple of like really nice reads for yourself. So the first one, oh, is this book called A Snowfall of Silver by Laura Wood, which I just fell in love with so hard. I mean, ostensibly it's YA, but um, I would say that if you love Ava Ibbotson, if you love Georgetta Heyer, if you love Ballet Shoes, if you love I Capture the Castle, you will adore this book. And it's just the perfect kind of wintry Christmas book. It's set in 1932 and it's about, I mean, it is, it's about this girl called Freya who lives in Cornwall and she runs away to London to be an actress on stage. And then she meets like an uh, intriguing young man on the train up to London. And, um, and, and then she, go, <laughs> she goes and tours around the snowy provinces um, with this, this ramshackle theatre company. It's just, and there's kind of, you know, the, the ageing sort of matinee idol and sort of the fantastic wardrobe mistress who's um, who prefers women and they just sort of, it's just wonderful. It's like if there was a machine and you could put in an algorithm of what Sarah Manning would like in a book, it would, it would come up with a snowfall of silver. You said self-gifting. That sounds very much like daisy gifting to me. Well, yes. And, and to um, me. And it's all sort of wintry and oh, it's just absolutely delicious. I, and I went back and read her other two books, A Sky Painted Gold. And then I think the other one is called Dancing Under the Sun. And they are both absolutely delightful as well. So um, if you just want like the most lovely, comfing to read and you can't read ballet shoes yet again. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that I can see that you've just got your hands clasped together in glee. And then, a la sort of like the Cadillac Chronicles, if you want something that's a bit more immersive, I would recommend a trilogy that wasn't kind of written as a trilogy, but um, is Lissa Evans' Old Baggage, which is, um, is in 1928 and is concerns Matty Simkins who was a suffragette and it's sort of 10 years after women have gained access to the vote and it's kind of like what am I going to do now and it's it's just it's just a wonderful wonderful kind funny book about sort of those women of a certain age and how sort of society doesn't know what to do with them and that's in 1928 they didn't quite know what to do with themselves and that's the first book the second book is called Crooked Hearts which is set during World War Two um, and is and concerns Matty's charge Noel who gets evacuated to St Albans I think it's St Albans and sort of ends up under the care of 
a quite seemingly hard woman called Vera. And then the last book, which came out this year, V for Victory, which is, you know, v, Vera and Noel, they're living in St Matty's house in Hampstead, and they've got all these lodgers, and um, the war's coming to an end, but not soon enough. Vera and Noel are leading a slightly kind of secret life. I don't want to sort of give too much away. And then she witnesses sort of an accident in Regent Street and she's really terrified that she's going to have to be a witness in court and, you know, have officialdom knocking on their door. But instead she meets this sort of like wonderful American soldier who kind of comes into their lives. But it's just such an evocative, you know, what we were saying about Blitz spirit, it's such an evocative portrait of kind of that thing of like the war is almost over and it's kind of like that party where you've outstayed your welcome but you know that you know when you go home there's going to be no you know no money in the electricity meter and there's sort of no milk in the fridge so those Lisa sort of kind of wrote them out of order she never kind of conceptualized them as a trilogy mm. but now they are a trilogy so I think that would be a really really great thing to read over Christmas when you have that time to really sort of commit to something. I'm so and glad then, you mentioned those books because I read uh, V for Victory this summer and I loved it and I loved Old Baggage and I've not read Crooked Hearts so I've got that to look forward to but I re- you can read them as standalone I mean if you can I say yes. get them all sit down settle in but oh even in August um, I think I had a proof of V for Victory and I remember really having that lovely cosy Christmassy feeling you know even in the height of summer but that's and for these times as well and that you know because I think now we're like oh we're so fed up and it's nearly over but is it really over and it will ever be over and she just captures that brilliantly and there's a scene I don't want to give too much away at the end of V for Victory concerning delivery of food and it's one of the best things I've read in any book (laughs) Oh, I'm doing my like my hands clasped with glee again because I loved it so much. And then the other self-gifting, it's another kind of trilogy. I'm not entirely sure if it was written by a trilogy. One of my favourite writers is Anthony Quinn, who I just sort of think doesn't get enough love. I know that he does really well and he ends up on the bestseller list. I don't feel like he gets enough sort of um, love from our end of the book spectrum but he's just such a great writer and he writes I'm usually a bit sort of I get a bit bristly normally but he writes women so well so um this trilogy that might not actually be an official trilogy it starts with Curtain Call which is set in the 1930s and again it's about the theatre and this kind of roué called Jimmy Erskine and then the second book starts at the, I think it starts on VE Day and is called Freya and is about this woman called Freya and that whole sort of thing of, you know, intelligent women who don't want sort of like a, a husband and sort of children and a home. So what do they do with themselves? And then the last book is called Eureka, which is sort of set in the 60s in the kind of shabby sort of Soho back rooms and they're just really fantastic and they're all kind of linked you can absolutely read them as standalones but what I sort of really love is just the way that you sort of meet characters in all books that you've already met in the other books it kind of sort of feels like an in-joke or a sort of club that you're a member of and I just think that if you if you have sort of time and you're sort of taking like two weeks off over Christmas and New Year it's just so nice to just 
dive headfirst into a set of books. There's just nothing nicer. Oh, I've never read any Anthony Quinn and I am sold so hard. That just sounds dreamy. And I, I think that for me, maybe the sort of late 50s, early 60s is your 30s. All I really, well, I just had a reread of um, Rivals by Julie Cooper. And that sort of <laughs> mid to late 20th century is like, yes, please, give me some more. Pour it in my eyes. Right, I've talked about this book on this podcast all the time. But the um, Tales from the Colony Room book, The Oral History. Oh, I, I think you might love it. I mean, it's very... It's bleak, I think I probably would. But it is very funny. That whole kind of really loose Soho scene... Um, it is really fascinating because um, I've got a book that I've had for ages. I think I told you about it, but I haven't read it yet. Called "You Cannot Live as I Have Lived and Not End Up Like This." Yes, it's a great title. So those are my self-gifting fiction choices, and I'm going to just round up with a couple of stocking fillers. So your friend and my friend and friend of the podcast, Nina Stibby. We love Nina. Um, an almost perfect Christmas is just is just an absolute blooming delight. It's just everything that you've ever experienced about Christmas going wrong, just told with all of sort of Nina's just trademarks or wit and self-deprecation, just so good it's like for anybody that's ever like been blow drying like a half frozen turkey <laughs> in the bath to try and get it to defrost a bit quicker it's just all those kind of like crap christmases that you've had just kind of encapsulated in one slim volume it's just such a great book it's, and i love the short stories i love the expression let's just chill with the chop <laughs> Which is so, it's a very hip thing to say in the 90s, but I'm really disappointed myself because I sort of, I got overexcited, Sarah, and I read An Almost Perfect Christmas at the end of November because I was feeling Christmassy and I really wish I'd saved it. Maybe it's not too soon <laughs> to read it again, but I think she's a lot like David Sedaris in that writing yes. about things that are really very, things you recognise as well, but her experience of them is quite weird and listeners who love those books will probably know that her books about the Vogel family and Lizzie are sort of not you know quite close to her, what she experienced growing up and you know her amazing mother and but also you know the, the difficult times they had and um yeah. you know there's a, an element of that you sort of see it in um in Love Nina as well maybe I'll have a Christmassy reread of Love Nina which even though it's not Christmassy in theme, I think, is very Christmassy in spirit. I love that book so much, and um, it's. I just think Nina's books are just perfect presents. So one of my really, really good friends is um, a nanny, and when we first became friends, we met through dog walking. So you meet some really good people, and it was her birthday, and I just wanted to get her present, but you just don't want to like go mad. I got her a copy of Love Nina because I thought, well, she's a nanny, so she'll really appreciate it. And we still laugh at that bit in Love Nina where she knows that nanny called Pippa, who's just like not the sharpest knife in the drawer, <laughs> who thinks that like King Giles Spaniels are actually like dogs by royal decree. <laughs> 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 it's like that thing of like in the city of London you can walk sheep over the bridge <laughs> King Charles like spaniel you can like go anywhere with it so yeah I just, Nina's books are just so I good think, but I just 
Because also, Love Nina is such a beautiful book about reading, isn't it? And about Nina's experience of sort of leaving school quite early and, you know, loving literature and obviously being super smart, but not formally educated. So, yeah, so I think that's just a great book. And then I think probably my last book is um, Kate Young's The Little Library Christmas. Oh, lovely. So Kate is she's written two books the little library and then the little library year she's a fantastic cook and what she and but she also loves books and so she makes recipes that are kind of inspired or loosely inspired by things in in books so here we've got you know um there's a champagne cocktail inspired by sort of like Nancy Mitford and she references the Cazalettes and like the great Gatsby and Noel Stretford. So it's a really sort of lovely book about how much we sort of love to read. But then it's also, why don't you make these delicious French bonbons inspired by little women? And so oh. I just think it's just such a lovely, I mean, everybody likes food and books because like what else is there in life? And as an added aside, Kate's um, peanutty take on her own pistachio and chocolate chip cookies from the little library have actually, they actually got me through this year. In fact, you know, I've got some cookie dough in the freezer that I might <laughs> bake into cookies in, in a bit. But I think, you know, this is like 9 and it's got 50 recipes in it. And I just sort of think it's just actually the perfect stocking filler. Is there a recipe for shape? That's the bit of the castellets I think all the time. They will never have the, the blancmange. It's like, which the duchy calls shape. Like that weird sort of, I love it in, um, I really enjoy the novels of Julian Fellows and his matriarchs and their weird sort of, the language I use and the choices I make are superior to everyone else's. And that sort of, this is how things are done. But no, there's no recipe for shape. I mean, some, I can work some books loosely referenced than others but it's just really it's it's really so it's such a lovely book and it's it's just you know it's just exactly sort of what you want to read right now mm. I don't quite like reading recipe books but they've just got to have something to them you want a bit more than just a recipe and this and that so the little library sort of set of books really really delivers oh i do what i love so much as well about food in books is it is well that's what i love so much about that bit in v for victory as well the sort of the fantasy and the wish fulfillment and even in you know these books that sort of set like you know before wartime and during wartime and when there's you know like in our favorite ballet shoes and there's not much money at all but there's the food still seems sort of lavish and miraculous and multi-coursed I mean, it's what we always hark back to when we think of Enid Blyton is when they go out, you know, with picnics and it's like the lashings of ginger beer and things. I don't like ginger beer, but just I like the idea of ginger beer. You'd have it in lashings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like drinking as well. And um, reading about the, there's a New Year's Eve party in Rivals. Um, It's really, really stressful. Uh, You know, Rivals. Yeah, I haven't read it in absolute years. I mean, like, at least a decade. 
So this is the party. Which is very hard drinking in all of Jilly's books. So boozy. This is, it's Patrick's 21st birthday. Patrick is the son of Declan O'Hara. It's quite volatile. It's got a beautiful, delicate, um, damaged, manipulative wife, Maud. And the O'Haras, Declan and Maud, are always perennially broke, despite, and they've moved to Corinthia because, um, to make more money because he was bluing his BBC salary on all sorts of things. And there's that they left Fulham and they've not paid for that part yet. And Declan says, okay, we can have a couple of people over. And Maud has invited 300 and there's, there's a thousand bottles of like verve in coolers and things. And it's really, and the next morning you just sit and there's a sort of very sweet love scene, this romance blooming and descriptions of, um, you know, the sun coming up sort of over over Gloucestershire in the Cotswolds and it's broken up by different people staggering down the stairs to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> Any book that's got like a really good sort of house party in it because I mean, Ginny Cooper is really sort of good on house parties. I think that's where I first really sort of discovered that posh people go and stay at each other's houses in the country for the weekend because she she wrote that amazing description didn't she packing a week, weekend bag in a real rush and when she gets upstairs it's been unpacked for her including sort of like an apple core and sort of like <laughs> half eaten sort of <laughs> chocolate and things oh actually that's a book to, uh, you are the book concierge and i can't i can't put books in your pile but um, the newest jilly which i believe is called between the covers i always like books that will sort of someone who feels as though books are quite, but you know, it, it's like giving someone homework for Christmas. And that book, in all of the books you talked about, are very much the opposite of that. They are treats and delights, and you know, this will tempt even the most reluctant reader. But yeah, I can all, I'm always um, a bit overly jillied <laughs> in my. <laughs> In my excitement. Oh, sorry, this has been my Christmas present, to be honest. Hearing you talking about books, I have had the most fun. I've had the loveliest time. When can we pre-order Rescue Me? So you can pre-order Rescue Me now. It's out in hardback, ebook, and audiobook on the 21st of January from any place of which you like to buy your books. And then it'll be out in paperback in summer. But why wait that long, quite frankly? I would go now. And I think we're all going to need something really glorious and gorgeous and uplifting and boosting. for Because the 21st of January, that's traditionally, that's a dreary, dreary day. It's between the Blue Mondays. Present for future you. Pre-order. Rescue me. Exactly. I mean, I'm not the most uplifting and heartwarming of people, but somehow <laughs> I wrote an uplifting and heartwarming book, not realising that by the time it would be published, people would need to be uplifted <laughs> and heartwarmed like never before. Um, yeah, so... I'm feeling um, very uplifted and heartwarmed right now. Although I wonder uh, if it's like what they say about crime writers who get all of their nastiness out in their books and they're very sort of sweet. Yeah, and basically the prize of Rescue Me is like, um, you know, a man and a woman who don't know each other um, and are sort of, you know, polar opposites end up sharing a rescue staffy called Blossom and and things happen as you might expect them to happen. And then unexpected things happen. That is what I'm going to be reading at Christmas. Huge thanks to Sarah. Run to the bookshop and demand, politely, that they pre-order you a copy of Rescue Me and prepare to have your cockles warmed. 
I'm Daisy Buchanan and I've been your book inspector. Thank you so much for joining me. Your book is produced by Dale Shaw for New Alaska and hosted by Acast. You can follow us on social media at Booked. And if you enjoy this episode, it would make my day if you left us a five star review. It helps new listeners to find the podcast. You can find a list of all the books mentioned by Sarah at acast.com slash booked. Finally, I leave you with this from Nigella. My mother, against all her instincts, always roasted and peeled her own chestnuts. But then my mother always cried on Christmas Eve. See you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.